<clears throat> so this episode will be taken in two sec, three segments, four segments. Yes, four segments. Yes, four segments, because I did not look far enough ahead at my script. It's been a while since I read it. Um, I do know the general progression of what I'm going to be talking about. Obviously, I wrote it, but uh, I didn't look that far ahead in the script. So it's only it's only two, three pages, I think. It's not very long. Um, th- yeah, only five pages for four segments, and we just got through the introduction. Uh, I'm sure, as you can tell, the introduction was scripted, And this is slightly less so. Now I'm doing a little bit of improv speaking into the recorder. So we're just going to go through what is known as the anachronoma, um, as well as the elseomic inversion and the eternal cycles of the world that, for clarity's sake, I have dubbed as the Halcyonic universe, simply because the Elseomic does not sound nearly so uh, smooth to roll off the tongue, so to speak. So the question now is, what is Halcyon and what is Anachronoma and Elzium and all of these things that I've been talking about? Well, Halcyon is a world with no plot, as I like to put it. I have many, many um, character studies in terms of stories. I have two or three worlds with Plots, which is where the um, structure of the universe that I've created for that world directly influences and in some ways um, structured and created and fostered the plot for that story, and those are for later. But for right now, I have one world which has almost no plot aside from... uh, There's no... It has no plot except for the plot that I have given it, um, the same way that the planet Earth and the universe that we're in has no plot. There's no message uh, that's being told to an external viewer. Um, So that is what I differentiate between a plot and a history. So um, Halcyon and Elysium have very rich history, but they have no plot. There is no message I'm trying to give to the reader. There's no series of characters who will come to learn certain things about Halcyon with the express intent of being a vehicle for an audience. Um, It is simply a world that existed, and it is a world that I am taking from Genesis to uh, Revelations, so to speak. (laughs) Um, Oh, I suppose that is an important thing to know about me as well. I am Catholic Christian, so that's actually going to color a lot of what uh, goes into these worlds. It's a very, um, it's probably apparent. There's a lot of uh, imagery in there that I think might be good to disclaim now. If you're not a fan of, you know, the whole Catholic ritual and the way that things go, that might not be a good place to start. Granted, I'm not saying that... Um, Halcyon is not a Catholic universe. Not everybody in Halcyon is Catholic. Um, Most of them do not even believe in single deities, but um, there will be some morality and ethics present in the world that may not be present in a non-religious background author's world. So with that small disclaimer aside, we will jump into Halcyon, which is um, a planet. Halcyon is one planet of very many in the universal solar system, 
and it is very volatile. It is, uh, to use a very old, uh, very outdated stereotype, um, it is the Australia of the universe, so everybody's a little bit concerned about the size of the spiders and the amount of, um, magical turbulence on Halcyon. Halcyon is what started out as my attempt to create a very um, hard magic system that has since evolved into Aphelion created a new element and that new element interacts with the other elements in the periodic table and we have hit full sci-fi uh, with a little bit of uh, wiggle room to still call it magic but this is primarily a science fiction podcast um and world and it is it is going to be very heavily science fiction in the future we may get to we may get to we will absolutely get to kytheria this is only a five episode i believe deconstruction of the basics of halcyon so that when i start talking more about um certain characters and certain uh religions and certain um geographical um, events in uh, Halcyon, then uh, people will not be lost. I can simply refer to the second uh, apocalypse, and you will know what the second apocalypse um, meant for the world and for the inhabitants. And if I simply talk about, you know, something going near a dead, it'll make sense uh, exactly what is going on when something is near a dead on a metatextual level, because a very big thing for me is that I love when my characters just don't know what's going on. <laughs> so... Um, the characters will often not be fully informed as to what's happening on Halcyon. They will be incorrect. They will make some assumptions that are simply not going to hold up under closer scrutiny, but they will hold up on the macro level. Simply the way that saying that all gravity, um, points, uh, down is not 100% correct. It points to the center of the nearest object producing the largest gravitational field. So gravity does not always point down, but to people on the Earth, gravity points down. Uh, similar to that concept, because I love that so much. So, in order to understand how Halcyon and, by extension, Elysium function, Halcyon and Elysium come from the same place. Uh, so in order to understand the universe within which Halcyon and Elysium are housed, one must understand how the universe came into being. Yes, we're going back to the very beginning um, with our first segment. So segment one is on anachronoma. So what is anachronoma? I have, <clears throat> I have a little blurb here. It's very, I will admit, I've test run this concept with five or six of my friends, uh, both in real life and online. And while they all did eventually understand the concept, uh, there is a unanimous agreement that this is a very, very huge mind fuck. And I've done some strangely philosophical, vaguely existential things. And so I will go through this as slowly as possible. Um, and that is not a detriment, that is not me saying that you are incapable of understanding, but merely that I'm very aware that I've created a strange concept with anachronoma and nera and that sort of thing. So, we begin with segment one, anachronoma. Bullet point one, what is anachronoma? So, <clears throat> in the beginning, there was nothing. All agree that void begets void, and emptiness begets emptiness. So the very idea that a universe could spring from the lack thereof is ludicrous. The emptiness of that void 
the nothingness has come to be known as Nera. Now, Nera, taken very plainly, is the infinite manifestation of potential. So, Nera is nothing. It is a literal absence, but it takes its substance from the gap between that, from the gap between that which is not and what which might some day be. So, Nera is nothing. But this nothing, capital N, has substance because the lack of something creates the want, this hollow hunger for catalyzation into something. And it is a hunger which can never be fulfilled because this nothing, capital N, is perfect. There is no something in the entire universe of existence. And so this gap is infinite because there is nothing for it to strive for. It could be anything. The possibilities are limitless. And so with this limitless possibility, there is no single outcome for it to latch onto. There is no way to catalyze without a something. And the concept of something has not yet now, does not, and will never exist. Because if this nothing was imperfect then it would be allowed to change. If this nothing is not perfect and all-encompassing, then there must be a something somewhere. But because there is a... Because there is a lack of a something somewhere, because there is capital N nothing everywhere, then this is perfect nothing, and perfection is unchangeable. If you were to change something that was perfect, then it must not have been perfect. It was imperfect. And so you can see how this creates a bit of an issue. We have a nothing universe called Nera. Just Nera and Nera forever and ever. There is no concept of time because there is no way to mark change. Time is merely the progression of change. If nothing changed, we would have no use for time. But because things are changing, that's why we need it. So... When nothing changes, there is no time. Nera is forever in its perfection. Now, here's where we get to the fun part. We have a universe full of nothing. And nothing cannot be something. Which means that this nothing, capital N, is not bound by something rules. The way that we understand the world's work is that we live in a world full of somethings. This computer, this recorder, your body, it has substance. And there are rules that apply to these substances. We call them physics and chemistry and, you know, all of the STEM things. And that... Something can behave correctly, and it cannot behave incorrectly. If something is behaving incorrectly, if something is not in accordance with physics or chemistry or mechanics, that means that our understanding of mechanics is incorrect. That means some of our theories are wrong. It does not mean that the mechanics have stopped working correctly. That's impossible. It must be that we simply do not understand fully what is going on. Now, nothing capital N, is not bound to something, capital S, rules. What that means is that nothing can behave incorrectly. So nothing, in its perfection, has no contradiction. Because one thing, if if something exists, it cannot be something else, right? So if I have this bottle, I cannot say that this bottle is this 
t-shirt. They are two different objects. But when both items are substances that are created from nothing, if they are both created from Nera, then I can say that this bottle is a t-shirt. And likewise, I can say that this t-shirt is a bottle because it is not bound by the rules of somethingness. There is nothing in my hands. So there is no contradiction. The bottle can be both a bottle and a t-shirt. And likewise, the t-shirt can be both a t-shirt and a bottle. What is and what is not is not. Even in conjunction, even if these two states are immutable, like being a bottle and a t-shirt, they can coexist and this coexistence was called anachronoma. Anachronoma was everything because there was nothing to be. And if there is nothing, then it is very easy to become everything within that nothing. Because everything, two words, is non-existent. So by simply existing as nothing, by existing as no thing, you have become every non-thing in existence. And when one has every nothing to be, one becomes everything. It's a concept, I'm aware. Now, anachronoma is nothing but potential. And since none of this potential can be acted upon, then anachronoma is everything all at once because all there is is potential. And anachronoma is made of Nera. It is sentient with Nera because, again, nothing is not bound by something rules. This can be an inanimate concept, and this concept can have consciousness because there is no contradiction yet. There is no thing to contradict your state. There is no rule to say that you cannot be all of these things at once, which anachronoma is, and that state exists in perfection with no contradiction, even though by something standards it would be a contradiction to be all of these things, but anachronoma is not a contradiction, at least until the schism. Now... Track with me because the schism is a very fun concept. So, anachronoma is the potential made manifest, but if potential is only potential until it is acted upon, then when it is acted upon, it ceases to be potential. It has been catalyzed into outcome. Yes? So, something cannot be got. <clears throat> Something cannot be begotten by nothing, and yet because the nothing is not bound by the same rules as the something, this statement does not work in reverse. The nothing can beget something, and so it does. How it, it, it tries to form uh, a something from its nothing substance. However, if anachronoma is everything, then it stands to reason that what it is using to fashion this nothing substance into something it is a it is a separate object from anachronoma. Um, it creates a planet. It, it is thinking that it will create a planet with. It, it wants to create a nothing planet with nothing people and nothing. I you know it makes sense if you think about it on a very surface level. I am made of nothing, and this planet will be made of nothing. So we will have a nothing universe of nothingness, and it will be fine. Yes, that is the thought going through anachronoma's 
consciousness at this moment. However, um, there is a small problem with this, and that goes back to the perfectionist static argument that I made earlier. See, if anachronoma is changing itself, because anachronoma is everything, if it is changing itself to create halcyon, to create, oh, whoops, I spoiled my podcast, it's creating halcyon, it's creating a planet. And if anachronoma is uh, splitting off or sectioning off a piece of itself to become this planet, that means two things. One, that means that anachronoma can change, which means that anachronoma, by definition, must have been imperfect, because perfection cannot change. And um, despite not being bound by the rules of something, perfection applied to nothing. Perfection is the reason why anachronoma existed, because it was a perfect nothing. But the instant that anachronoma changes, or tries to enact a change in this nothing universe, still bound to the rules of perfection, which binds something and nothing. You can have perfect silence, just as you can have perfect um, volume. So anachronoma creates a something, or it creates a nothing substance, but it has changed itself fundamentally. Anachronoma is smaller. If you have something that is everything in the world, let's take it as n approaches infinity for math, right? I'm in, I, sorry, hello, I like calculus. So if n approaches infinity, right, then um, if you take n approaches infinity minus one, it, it is still infinity, but it, uh, it reaches, if you talk about the concept of large and small infinities, so if I say that something is increasing at a rate of x to the third power um, versus something that is just x squared, and you put those two graphs side by side, as they are approaching infinity, <clears throat> the x to the third power graph um, output function will approach infinity microscopically faster than the x squared function, which means that there is a point where the x to the third power is infinite and x to the squared is just a really, really big number we cannot compute, but it is not. And here's the key difference. It is not infinite because you have subtracted some substance from it. So if you put x to the cubed and x to the cubed minus 1 next to each other, x to the cubed and x to the cubed minus 1 are virtually similar. If you zoom out far enough, they are the same graph, but if you zoom in infinitesimal amounts, there will still be a point, not nearly so drastic as x to the third compared to x squared, but there will be a point where your x to the third graph is just a, a hair further than your x to the cubed um, minus one. Your x to the cube will be just a hair closer, and there will be a moment same for those two graphs, where x to the third is infinite, and x to the third minus one is not. And that limit, taken approaching infinity, is what we are looking at. Because while they both approach infinity at nearly identical rates, x to the cube minus one. So if we take, yeah, so x to the cube minus one will not be infinite at a point where x to the cubed is infinite. And this is important. This is large and small infinities, right? Because they're both infinite, but one is an imperfect infinity. It does not reach infinity at the same rate as the other. So, if we take that concept and apply it to anachronoma, anachronoma prior to trying to create halcyon 
is an anachronoma, which is x to the third power. It is infinite. It is a perfect infinity. It reaches, right? Now compare it to the anachronoma, which has created Halcyon. It is x to the third, approaching infinity, minus one. There is something fundamentally missing from it. And so it is not infinite anymore at the same point. If you were to take x to the cubed and x to the cubed minus one at the same point where x to the cube reaches infinity, x to the cube minus one is one. Like it is less than that. It is not one less. It is less than that. Which means that it's not infinite, which means that it's imperfect, which means that anachronoma has lost some of its nothingness. It has become less of an absence, which means it has gained presence. Does that make sense? Because if you are, if you are having infinite absence and then you subtract some of the absence, you can't just add more absence to the absence. It would be perfect absence again. The absence of absence is presence. And so anachronoma has become partially a... There, there is now something in the universe because anachronoma was everything until it subtracted some of its absence to create a separate entity. The absence is still presence, but the absence in anachronoma must be filled. Because anachronoma is still attempting desperately, not of its own volition, but simply by logic at this point, to keep being everything in the universe. But anachronoma cannot be this planet. Because then the planet would just be, anachronoma would be reabsorbed. But anachronoma wants it to be separate. Which was its fatal mistake. Um, once again bound by the rules of some things. Because now anachronoma is an imperfect nothing, which means that it all of anachronoma will want to catalyze into this something right in the center because anachronoma formed Halcyon from its center and in that center something came into being. Um, and it was painful and it was too late to stop because anachronoma now can no longer exist as a contradiction. This single nothing it cannot be a single nothing and a single something. And so instead, the single nothing that anachronoma once was becomes two partial nothings with a single something rejected and abandoned in between them. It is painful, and so anachronoma splits along the seam where the something is forming. But as anachronoma splits, it is leaving space and space and space for more and more nothing. It is a futile effort. So the appearance and presence of this something now rapidly catalyzes the potential of the nothing. Because if you have infinite nothing, if you have infinite potential and a small outcome, all of your potential is going to want to rush to become that outcome. You get something of a bottleneck. But... Anachronoma is unfortunately compensating for this because the gap... Anachronoma is still a conscious creature. It is just being rapidly catalyzed into something with a capital S. But it is a nothing creature. This is fundamentally oppositional to what it has known its entire existence. And its existence was, until this moment, eternity. But because it is no longer eternity, it is the blink of an eye. That some because uh, how do I explain this? In the world of some things, there was nothing, and then there was something so close together 
that it is nigh indistinguishable. The universe has simply always existed as a something universe from the something perspective. But Anachronoma has experienced eternity. It has experienced forever. And then that forever was brutally cut down by its splitting. So it is scared, it is frightened, and it is now functioning in a world where the passage of time means their death. So it... It splits and fatally injured and desperate and for the first time experiencing fear, the two halves of Anachronoma drag themselves further and further apart in an attempt to escape the something rapidly catalyzing in between itself. But because it is leaving space and space for this something to grow, it, it simply rapidly catalyzes the bleeding that it, it is bleeding out somethingness from it. Uh, if you were to look at it from an objective perspective, it looks as though Anachronoma has split, like cracked open like an egg, and the yolk and the whites and everything is just being drizzled out as it tries to crawl further and further away. And this universe that it is creating in between the two halves trying so desperately to stay alive and away from the something, this is the universe of something. And this is the universe, the center of which is Halcyon. And that is how the universe of something came into being with the cataclysmic splitting and continued pitiful attempt to escape catalyzation that is anachronoma split in two. And anachronoma, even now, and when I say now, that refers to literally any point in Halcyon's history. Even now, Anachronoma is still bleeding nothing because nothing has no finite end and will bleed forever as the universe grows ever larger in a desperate, bloody race to exist with Anachronoma. Anachronoma, the universe is constantly expanding because Anachronoma is constantly trying to drag itself even just an inch further away from this, uh, from this thing. Oh, I thought my fish died. Um, it is not dead. Yay. Okay. So it was just sleeping, I guess. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, Anachronoma. So what did the schism do to Halcyon? We have not forgotten about that small little planet that was successfully removed from Anachronoma, but never given any shape or form of its own. It is simply pure nothing sitting within a realm of something. And this something uh, came to be called Halcyon. And this also, however, in itself is a contradiction because nothing cannot be created. It can only be catalyzed into something. So as this happens, you know, Anachronoma splits. It spills its blood all over the nothingness. Uh, but the blood that it is spilling is something. So you have this pure nothingness that is now being coated sort of the way that you coat uh, ice cream in hard shell candy, um, chocolate candy. Uh, it has been dipped in something. And so the center of Halcyon, the center of this something universe, the center of the center of the something universe is a core of nothing, just pure nothing. And the blood, it solidifies and it stagnates and it, it, it bubbles because the blood that it is spilling, it is something and it is reacting with the nothing. And Halcyon is a perfect example of what happens if nothing and something collide. The nothing begins to be catalyzed into something, but it doesn't catalyze fully because there is only so much nothing immediately surrounding the nothing 
and it creates a shell. So that shell is an arrested, if you think of Halcyon as the beating heart of Halcyon, remove the beating. It is not beating, it is arrested and it is stagnant and it, it was bubbling and frothing and then it stopped because it was cut off from the outside world. There's only so much that it's allowed to be before everything else is catalyzing towards an acronoma. The only thing that is directly catalyzing the nothingness in the center was that shell of blood that Anachronoma spilt and coated like a, like a, like a chocolate dipped ice cream cone. And there, all the other ice cream, all the other chocolate is trying to coat the edges of the universe. So it is, it is leaning out. It is not leaning in. It is not cannibalizing Halcyon. So what happens is that the blood, um, the blood has been surrounded and bubbled, and it will not flow again until all of the something on the outside deteriorates. And the nothing blood is not catalyzed into something because it is still, it is pure nothing. There, uh, Halcyon was not anachronoma. Halcyon was Halcyon from the moment it was created. And so there is no contradiction in Halcyon continuing to be Halcyon because Halcyon is not within this self-contained bubble. The Nera is perfect. The absence is perfect. Um, and you'll have to take my word for that because Halcyon was created not to be an acronoma, but Halcyon, Halcyon has not tried to split itself. And Halcyon being an imperfect nothing and a perfect nothing at the same time, not bound by any rules, but the reason it's allowed to be quote-unquote imperfect and quote-unquote perfect at the same time is because the nothing blood inside of Halcyon is imperfect by definition it's imperfect it is not everything but within its self-contained shell it has never tried to split itself to become anything more or less so it has not separated itself so within the shell it is still allowed to remain whole um it carved out the something carved out gorges and caverns and it left halcyon Halcyon is hollow. There is nothing. But when it carved out the gorges and caverns, that was the something bud. That was the something frothing and bleeding and trying to eat away at the nothing. But it didn't quite get very far. And the inside of a something shell often contains nothing. This makes sense. Like if you have a shell, an egg, and you drain it of yolk, then um, or you leave only some of the yolk there and you boil it, then you get little spiderweb uh, milk white milk whites. You get spiderweb egg whites on the inside, and it sort of looks like that. It's very fun. Um, so think of these solidified nothing crystals. Uh, they become crystals. It is hollow, and it is a physical... It is hollow in the sense that the substance on the inside is nothing, but there is substance in this planet. There is no core, there is no weather pattern, there is no nothing like that. Is it, a, it is a stagnant planet. It is an arrested heart, but it is full of caverns and gorges and canyons that are just crystal, 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 and this crystal is pure nothing magic, pure Nera. All motion, all dynamic action. This is not to say that Halcyon does not have weather, because Halcyon has weather. They have dust storms, they have chalk storms, they have rain, they have sunlight, they have, you know, all that stuff. Um, half the planet is eternal day, half the planet is eternal night. And it just sort of depends on what side you're on. But, well, actually, wait, that's an old note. This is only um, some of the time. And then some of the time it has a sun, and then sometimes it doesn't. People just kind of have to live with that. 
Um, and there's also a few different events that impact people's perception of the light. So there, there is weather, there is tides, there are things like that, but there's no lunar body to pull it and there's no rotating, there's no sun to rotate around, everything rotates around Halcyon. So everything that is happening on this planet that is in motion is a result of wildly unstable unions of nothing and something in a single space. It's unstable, it, 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 it is an arrested heart, but it does beat within its own self-contained planet. Everywhere else it's static. Um, it is a, according to the rest of the universe, we're looking at systems of perception here, right? Systems of reference. Uh, we do that in physics a lot. So we have the arrested heart rel re relative to the rest of the universe, which is expanding. The arrested heart does not move. But if you look simply at the arrested heart relative to itself, it is in dynamic motion. It is an erratic heartbeat, um, just not all the time and not in a way that other people can perceive. So the universe revolves around this deadly planet, and those who know of it forever will fear it as the untouchable core of the universe. This is the location where uh, Anachronoma split. And it is revered, and it is hallowed, and nobody can reach it. It is too, a little too isolated. Um, it's a little bit further in, and so when Anachronoma started pulling itself apart, it started pulling itself apart very, very rapidly. It got very far before the next nothing drop of blood sort of catalyzed. But, um... It, it slows down as it gets further and further because it has lost so much blood and it has lost so much substance and it is so tired. It has been going for so many eons. Now that was Anachronoma. Uh, segment 2 takes us to the core mechanics of Halcyon or the Halcyonic universe. So there are three branches of magic because of the way that um, this split occurred and the way that the universe was formed. There are three branches of magic. There's Nera. Um, you can have two kinds of Nera. It is Mind and Halcyon. Uh, in the gorges and in the um, bygone caverns, which I will talk about at some point uh, in a future episode. But you have Nera, which is mined in Halcyon. It is untempered or tempered. Untempered can be touched by a certain race. Uh, tempered can be touched by everyone. Um, untempered Nera is very volatile. Very, um, It is nothingness, and if you touch a nothing object as a something creature, then you are going to have a very bad reaction, uh, you and the crystal, so um, that's fun. But mostly you, the crystal will be tainted, but it will not be unusable, it will simply be less powerful. Whereas you will absolutely be eradicated. Um, tempered Nera is used uh, primarily throughout Halcyon, uh, starting in the third cycle, I think? Ooh, I can't say cycle. In the third, um, the third era, I think it's the tet medial era. The medial era is where they start using it. Um, I'll go more into the Nera's in a few minutes. So the tempered Nera is a very common household item. It is used mainly for electricity, but you can do anything with it. It's just people don't know the full potential. Then there's Obfuscara, which is um, sort of like chalks and sort of like uh, the main thing that they mine in Elysium. So Obfuscara is catalyzed Nera. Obfuscara is Nera that has become something. Uh, which is fundamentally incompatible with the nothingness of the world. So Obfuscara is poison, it is deadly, it de it flatlines all magic, all heartbeat, uh, but it doesn't harm the people, it only harms the magic they use. So Obfuscara is used to harm magic. Um, and it is used to create Hereni, which is a material we will get into a little bit later. Um, it is deadly to touch if you are a blood magician. And blood magic is the third type of magic um, 
or the third type of mechanic that is present in this universe. It is um, basically if you have a high Nera concentration, um, Obfuscara can kill you because uh, the way that blood magic works, and I'll go into it more in a future episode, is that you have a very high content of certain elements, uh, Nera specifically, if you grew up close to it. Um, you end up absorbing more Nera than Chalk. And you there are two special races that can wield Nera. And they are... Um, there's a lot about them. I, it is a whole episode. This is a five-episode introduction. So it is a whole episode in and of itself. Blood Magic gets its own episode. Um, then there's High Obfuscara. Um, so if you're a High Obfuscara, then you are one race. Um, Obfuscara is very scary in Halcyon. And... Nera is very scary in Elthium. Uh And both worlds have both items. And I'll explain more about the link later. You're probably like, oh, well, how does, how, how does Elthium have Nera if Nera is only in Halcyon? I'll explain. Um, but just trust me when I say that uh, Nera is poisonous to Obfuscara primarants, and Obfuscara is um, poisonous to Nera primates. So... Take that lingo. Absorb it. Halcyon is Nera Primant, and Obfuscara is... And, and Elzeum is Obfuscara Primant. So, that's the three main mechanics of magic. Then there's two elements that I have introduced to Halcyon just by sheer, like, this is just what uh, exists on the world. This is the element I made up. So there's chalk in both Halcyon and Elzeum. Um, in Halcyon, chalk is found above the ground. In Elzeum, it's found below the ground with the Nera. Um, chalk is considered poisonous to both if you don't use it correctly. And Hereni is found only in Halcyon because Halcyon is the only place where you need Hereni. And Hereni is uh, made by tempering um, Nera with Obfuscara. So there's ways to temper Nera without Obfuscara, and then there's ways to temper Nera with Obfuscara that turns it into uh, Hereni. And I'll go more into that again. Chalks are their own episode. So then there's the five eras, which is the primal, secundial, the medial, the tetral, and the pental eras. So there's five eras per cycle. So you have a halcyon, you have a primal halcyonic, secundial halcyonic, medial halcyonic, tetral halcyonic, and pental halcyonic era. And then you have the primal uh, elziomic, secundial elziomic, medial elziomic, tetral. Elzeomic, Pental Elzeomic, you get the picture. So those are the core mechanics and the ways that things function created by Anachronoma specifically. I'll get more into detail with them later, but for now it's just important that you know that there's three branches of magic, two elements, and five eras per cycle. And that takes us right into segment three. What the heck are the eternal cycles? So the collapse of Halcyon uh, really takes us into um, the cycles and what they are and how they work. So um, this, I don't know if it sounded like it wasn't sustainable, but this sort of uh, this sort of system, not really sustainable. Um, not long term anyways. So the collapse um, of Halcyon is really very fun. So these crystals of nothing, these narrow crystals, are discrete, easily separated, and self-contained. And by removing the nothing and then catalyzing it, it will not affect the whole nothingness in the same way that the schism affected Anachronoma. They are removing crystals from the nothing, but all that's doing is making the nothing less perfect. The nothing is not in and of itself attempting to split. However... 
this does have a similar effect, just on a much smaller scale. Anachronova tried to create a whole planet. These people are chipping off, um, it's like chipping off an electron from, like, a whole sheet of electrons. It's not going to do anything to the larger hole yet. However, once tempered, uh, Nera can be catalyzed for regular use, and this process does take several centuries, but a single Nera crystal will eventually be completely catalyzed into Obfuscara. And once... See, that's why it's on a delayed reaction. As of right now, they're taking the Nera out, but the rate at which they've taken out the Nera and the rate at which the Nera is catalyzed into Obfuscara through use is so minimal that there is a huge delay between the time that they mine the crystal and the time that they finally realize, oh, this has an effect. Um, so, for example, if you were to mine a crystal in... Uh, if you were to mine an error crystal in the Segundule era, which is about when they start mining the crystals and using them, then you wouldn't find out there was a problem until the Pentel era. These crystals last a very, very long time. And, you know, they sort of, they sort of use them in the Medial era, but... Yeah, Segundal, if it's if it's mined in the Segundal or Medial era, you won't find out until the Pental era. And by the time that you're finding out in the Pental era that this is what happens to Dara crystals, it has been one, two, two to three era gap. And once you find out that one crystal has catalyzed, it is on the same linear progression as all of the crystals that you catalyzed since. So you're not just saying, oh, there's one... There's one crystal that catalyzed, time to stop using crystals. You've been using crystals for two or three eras. This is going to cause a wide-scale collapse because, remember, Obfuscara is a toxic substance to the people, to the magic. Um, and Halcyon, at its core, runs on magic. It is a magic with a something shell. And once you start catalyzing all the magic into something, it is unsustainable because planets don't just not have cores. Planets don't just not rotate. They don't just not have an atmosphere. The nothingness kept Halcyon from collapsing prior, but that is no longer the case once the crystals are fully catalyzed into Obfuscara. So in the Pentel, in the pentel cycle, it goes from fine, fine, fine. We have our first occurrence of Obfuscara, second, third, and then a rapid, rapid scale decline. I'm talking like this is the apocalypse. Um, the solution that they come up with is that because everything on this planet is going to die, the solution is to take the stars. They use what they have left of the Nera since they figure, hey, you know, might as well we're going out. Not stopping isn't going to fix it. So they use a Nera engine to power an interplanetary vessel. And in order to create this engine, it was necessary to mine a large interconnected Nera lattice. And unfortunately, the catalyzation of that lattice is exponential. By the time its decay is noticed, it's too late to stop. My favorite part of this whole scenario. What happens? I want you to imagine. What happens when you have too much something in a single space that is not supposed to contain that much something. Uh, you get a black hole in the center of nothing. So Halcyon becomes a black hole. Um, and the lack of nothing is too great. There's the concentration of Obfuscara is too great inside and outside of Halcyon. The planet implodes and forms a black hole. Only seven vessels escaped before the collapse of Halcyon. And the race is on. This is where we get to my... 
Absolutely. This is where we go full sci-fi. The race is on to outpace the destruction of the universe as the black hole that was once Halcyon threatens to devour everything in its wake. Unfortunately, this high concentration of something pushes the catalyzation of something for Anachronoma into a pace at which it cannot be. So Anachronoma has been slowing down over the eons and now there's this big burst of energy of somethingness and it overtakes anachronoma at the edges of the universe and it catalyzes anachronoma into somethingness now here's the fun part anachronoma is now bound by something rules as a something object fully and what and what it is as a something object it is is it is not two partial nothings it is a single whole something that has split and here's the thing if you have a if you have a something universe bounded by two nothings, that's okay because that's an inverse. There's a gap. You have two somethings and then a gap made of nothing. But if you have two somethings and a gap made of something with no nothing left, then you're just a complete whole something. And you don't have to take up that much space. So anachronoma, as soon as it is catalyzed, it becomes this full something. And this is, everything is just completely like, this single whole something is not a single whole something because there's a whole universe in between it. So the two halves are dragged with impossible speed back into the center of the collapsing back hole, the origin point of where it split, and they crash back together with a cataclysmic hallelujah. And this is now... Anachronoma is, again, everything, but it is everything. It is every something. It is not every nothing. And so nothing exists anymore because Anachronoma has reabsorbed it when it crashed back together to be a single object um, to rectify the logical inconsistency. And that's what takes us to the Elziomic inversion. So Anachronoma exists. Thank you for hanging on this far, by the way. If that didn't hurt your brain too much, the rest is pretty simple. Um, Anachronoma exists as a single whole something, but in the process of becoming whole, it has destroyed the universe. This lack of the universe comprising the newly reunited Anachronoma is a contradiction. Using the rules of something, a something cannot be made of the absence of something. That would make it a nothing. So because Anachronoma used to be the universe and is no longer the universe, but is still a something item, this isn't allowed. And since Anachronoma... How do I say this? To alleviate this contradiction, Anachronoma desperately attempts to create something from itself. Um, but this is a universe where there is no universe, it is just Anachronoma. And so Anachronoma has no template. It cannot remember the template to create something. The only thing it remembers is the first thing it cried, tried to create, which was Halcyon. So it tries to do this again. But trying to create Halcyon from a fundamentally something substance is not allowed. Because Halcyon was fundamentally created from nothing and does not operate on the same rules. So to alleviate this contradiction, Anachronoma tries to create Halcyon. But since Anachronoma is a something, it is unable to do this. Remember, the exception to this not begets not rule only applies to nothings. Anachronoma thus cannot exist as a single something it splits again and bleeds something into the absence it bleed and this absence created is nothing so in this way the something becomes shrouded and tainted with nothing all around its shell and the nothing is volatile it is unpredictable and deadly and the something is potent fusing with chalks to create an entirely new set of dangers and this is elzium this 
something planet coated in nothing is Elysium, and Anachronoma has split because it is a contradiction to be made of the lack of a universe. So it must create the universe again, which creates nothing in between, which creates a gap of nothing, a universe of nothing, with two somethings at its center, and a something coated by nothing. We have that same shell coming back into play. So, this is what gives us, looking on a wide macro scale, the eternal cycles. Anachronoma is fast deteriorating into nothing, unable to reform, with its only option to helplessly bleed out nothing into the universe as it crawls away from itself, attempting to outrun its own catalyzation into absence. As it goes, however, because some, because nothing, because a something is finite, um, it will become it will run out eventually. There is a limited amount of something. Even if the something is infinite, at some point you will expend infinite nothing and become... At, even if the something is infinite, you will at some point expend infinite something and have nothing again. So, as it goes, the nothing between its halves only grows wider until eventually Nacronoma is no more, having been turned completely into nothing. And eventually the nothing encasing Elysium's something heart will devour it too, because now there is nothing to stop it. Um, because they are using something, chalk, to power their nothing planet. They are using chalks and chalks and chalks and 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 and, and, and obfuscara, and they will eventually mine out the core of their something planet until it's nothing again. Same as the Halcyonics mined out the core of their nothing planet and became something. And so the planet is slowly eroded through its own five eon cycle until the pental cycle with complete collapse and the decay is still the same. Um, you have nothing, nothing, nothing happening. And then something happens in the pental cycle. And people have no idea why this happens. And they never figure out why. Um, it leaves nothing in its wake. The universe is, once again, as it's been, as the something has been consumed by nothing, the universe is nothing again. And from this nothing, the potential for something. And in this gap between what is and what that which what could be is so great that it takes form again as anachronoma. A new anachronoma. And the cycle continues into perpetuity. This is a constant cycle of anachronoma being created in nothing, creating Halcyon. Halcyon collapses. Anachronoma becomes something, crashes together, tries to create Halcyon, creates Elysium instead, then pulls itself apart trying to escape its nothingness, and then finally dies and becomes nothing. And from that nothing, a new anachronoma forms. And the cycle continues and continues and continues. So that's basically how this goes. I've done this in one take. I don't think I'll do a ton of editing um, because I'm very happy with how this turned out. I took pauses, so yes. Um, oh, segment four, future episodes. I hope you enjoyed listening to this, first of all. Got a little excited there. Let me calm down. Um, this is a really very fun universe for me to play around in. I know I went a little fast. Uh, the fun thing about this being an audio medium is you can rewind and listen to that again. Um, slower if need be. Um, the script for this one will be a little delayed because I was working off of a bullet point script and I have said many more words than are on this bullet point script so I need to type up the bullet point script. Um, go ahead uh, if you're listening to this. Hello, welcome back. And if you're listening to this as a new listener, then hey, how's it going? <laughs> um, Welcome to my podcast about 
gods ripping themselves apart to create the universe and then dying and then doing it over and over again. Now, this is on a macro level what is going on with the universe. Um, as we get more in detail, I will primarily focus on Halcyon because Elysium is not nearly so developed as Halcyon. So I will actually be developing Elysium later, but for now we'll consider this the Halcyonic Lore 100 class. I will be teaching it, not Ophelian Grey. Um, well, I am Ophelian, but... I, as I'm sure it's clear, there's a difference between Ophelian Grey, the author, and Ophelian Grey, the narrator. Um, audience participation. Ah, yes, okay. So, there are different ways that you can um, participate in the show. Um, so, you can leave a voice message on Anchor. That's always fun. It's like calling me up and leaving a prank call. Um, please don't leave a prank call. <laughs> um, right, leave one. It might make me laugh. Um, go ahead, uh, I have an email, ophelliongrey at gmail.com, A-P-H-E-L-I-O-N-G-R-E-Y, um, no spaces, no capitals, um, I will probably have merch at some point, because this podcast was the only way that I could justify making a bunch of neat t-shirt designs for Nera and Obfuscara and Anachronoma and Halcyon and Elzium and Chalks and Blood Magic, uh, divisions and all that kind of thing. There's four different kinds of blood magic. I think possibly more depending on how you segment it. I say as if I didn't write it. I don't have it in front of me, but I know that there's at least, um, I'm very, very interested in necromantic, um, blood magic, which I think I called reliquarial. I think it was called reliquarial and I had segmented it into four or five different subsections. So that's why I say it depends on how you segment it. Um, also, uh, the other reason this podcast exists is because I got very tired of having to retype um, the entire history of Halcyon and how it works to everybody I was talking to about my stories. So here it is. Uh, if you're listening to this and I told you to listen to it after discussing writing with you, um, this is this is me telling you how my world works so that we can hopefully next time just jump right into um, talking about Halcyon and Laurent and everybody who lives on it. Uh, so there's that. So I, I made this podcast because I wanted to have fun t-shirts um, and not be a weird person who just made a t-shirt for me. And then I also did it because um, I got my hands hurt so much lately. And lucky for us, this is uh, this is one of the shorter episodes, so it's only an hour. I might have to break something like uh, Blood Magic down into two separate episodes because there's... So much that goes into blood magic, and quite a bit that goes into Herenian chalks, too. This is already almost a whole hour. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, you can always shoot me an email, leave a voice message, leave a comment. Script will go up at some point during the next week. I think we have Thanksgiving break coming up soon. So, yes. Thank you. And I think if I still have the outro saved on Anchor then I'll use that. And if I don't use that, I'll have to re-record the outro. Okay, bye!